Hello and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, these shows are fantastic in terms of me getting clarity on so many fundamental issues. And as we're coming towards the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the new year, this is a fantastic opportunity to really get insights, clarity, and direction that will really, at least I know for myself, and I'm sure all of us listening, give direction to the entire upcoming year. So I specifically want to ask you about Rosh Hashanah. Um, Specifically, I'd love to get into the direction of how to tap into the opportunity of Rosh Hashanah so that we can, I can, and all of us can benefit from this opportunity throughout this upcoming year. Because when I think of Rosh Hashanah, there's a few thoughts I have. Um, First of all, it's a day of lots of prayer. It's, It's my understanding is it's the birthday of mankind. But at the same time, my understanding is there's tremendous significance. It's not just a birthday celebration for humanity. There's also a lot standing on this day for the upcoming year. And because of that, I feel like understanding what that is and how we can tap into it is so important and significant in order to benefit from the opportunity of the day for the entire rest of the year. Yes, yes. Rosh Hashanah is is, uh, really focused on acknowledging God as our king. Now, uh, what does that mean, God as our king? Uh, Anything we say about God is really only referring to God's will and attributes. We don't know anything about God himself. All we know about God is God as he is so revealed to us through his will and attributes. But to be more correct, uh, God doesn't really have a will or attributes, but God is his goodwill and his his good attributes. Because if you were to say that God has attributes, then you would be saying that God is a combination of uh, divinity plus attributes. And that would go against the fundamental principle of Judaism of the perfect oneness of God. And therefore, really, functionally, God is his goodwill. God is his attributes. And what that basically means is if a person says, Uh, I don't believe in God, but I believe in kindness, compassion, truth, peace, justice, love, then functionally, that's really what it means to believe in God. And so going back to Rosh Hashanah, a day where we're acknowledging God as our king, what that really means is we're acknowledging good as our king, love is our king, peace is our king. In other words, What we're basically saying is we want good to rule the world and we want to live in service of good to bring good into the world. And that's uh, and that's probably where the name God comes from, uh, from the word good. God is the personification of all good. And so this is a day where we want to, so to speak, coronate good almighty God as our king because we want goodness to rule the world and we want everyone to rally together and become a kingdom that lives in service to to accommodate the presence of goodness in the world. This is such a powerful explanation and understanding of what the coronation of God as king on Rosh Hashanah is all about. Because I know sometimes, and it comes up in the prayers a lot, God is king, we're coronating God as our king. And sometimes it can, one can wonder, like, God needs this, like, a you know, is there like an ego here that, so to speak, we have to declare God as king. But the way you're explaining it is it's actually so much for me. It's not that God needs, God is good, but I need to recognize 
the goodness of God. And I need to want to um, have that, you know, God is king over the world, meaning that goodness will rule the world. And that's a totally different understanding of what the coronation and declaring God as king is all about. That's right. In other words, um, the presence of God is here now and everywhere. But for us to experience that presence, we need to acknowledge that presence and live in a very uh, actual way to channel that presence into our perceptual world. It's, it's kind of like a radio, which I'm sure we brought up before, that there's music in our room right now where you are and where I am, but we're not hearing it because we're not tuned into it. The presence of goodness, peace, and, and, and all that goodness entails, the presence of God, is here now and everywhere, but not in the world as we perceive it. And the more we believe that God is present, and the more we perceive that God is present, and the more we live our lives that reflect that truth and affirm that truth, the more that truth can penetrate into the world as we perceive it. And that's why the Torah is referred to as an edut, which literally means a testimony because the ways of Torah, living the values, the vision, the rituals of Torah is a way that we bear testimony that God or good almighty is our king. And we want to live in loyal service to bringing that goodness into our lives and into the lives of everyone on this planet. Hmm. So then ultimately the Torah encompasses our day-to-day lives. Every single day, there's aspects of our lives that we're, are infused to try to connect to, recognize, and declare this fact. So what specifically is it about Rosh Hashanah that's almost like this uber focus on declaring God as king? Well, you know what? Uh, Rosh Hashanah is a celebration also of the creation of man. And kind of think of it as a company. The day the company was founded is a very special day to remember the purpose of the company and 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 what the employees of the company should always remember their job is. And so Rosh Hashanah is, is special because it really is the culmination of the creation story that that peaks with the creation of man who's here to serve the purpose of the company and the purpose of the company is to accommodate all elements of goodness uh, into the world for ourselves and for each other. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I don't know what people think should rule their, their lives. There are a lot, I, I saw someone the other day with a t-shirt that said, my life, my rules. Well, what an unruly world this will be. If everybody thinks this is my life and my rules, and there's no rules that unite us that, 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 that we all, uh, abide by and can together win the game. And what is the game we want to win? We want to win the game of goodness and love and compassion and all that. And so Rosh Hashanah is a very special time to kick off the, the, the new year of our company, you know, Planet Earth Inc., you know, uh, that is here to accommodate every facet of what it really means to be good. Hmm. So I really like your example of the company because it really 
brings to home and crystallizes what you're talking about. For me, like when you run a company or you're in part of a company, every day you should be living the mission of that company. You're going towards certain goals of the company. But it makes sense that from time to time, once a year on the anniversary of the founding of the company, you might want to take a real stock of, on the one hand, celebrating another year of the company, so there's celebration, but also contemplation of, are we in line with our mission? What do we need to tweak to be more in line with our mission and really well, have that evaluation? Exactly why it's, that's exactly why it's called a day of judgment, or I would rather call it a day of evaluation. Evaluation. Boss, so to speak, on the day of the creating of the company, kind of gathers around his employees and meets with each one of them to assess how they're doing in their job uh, and, and, and whether they're living up to the standards of the company and doing, uh, doing the tasks they are required to do. And so people see Rosh Hashanah as, oh my gosh, I'm being judged. But I think it'd be better in English to call it a day of evaluation where the boss is going to see where where we're not getting the job done and what changes need to happen or what consequences need to be experienced or uh, owned in order to up our game so we can win our game. Hmm. You know, I, but I love the fact that this is a mix really of celebration and contemplation. I think sometimes on the one end, it is a serious day. There is this, a lot of focus preparing for Rosh Hashanah. You want to come prepared, which makes sense. And again, I keep going back to this fantastic example of the company is if you're going to be evaluated, you want to just show up with no sense of preparation, no evaluation for yourself of where have I been? What have I done? What are my goals for the future? Anyone who works for a thriving company will know that that's really an essential part of making progress and being part of the team. So we have to prepare ourselves. Um, and it's serious in that regards because serious business. If you believe in this company, it's not just fun and games, but this is you have rec, uh, you know aligned with the mission of what it's here about, and you want to be a part of it. You have to be take that seriously. But there also is that celebratory factor of wow, another year. Look at what we've accomplished, and almost excited about where we're going. Exactly, exactly. There's, uh, you know, it it um, it is an unusual day. Uh, because it is about celebration, and yet it's a day of judgment. And uh, actually, there's something to celebrate in judgment, because if the boss calls me into his office, it means that what I'm doing really matters, and that the uh, boss is really very interested in me accomplishing my goals and, 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 be, and being a winner in the company. And so there's a, a mixed feeling, like on one hand, you, you feel trepidation walking into the boss's office and knowing that you'll be evaluated. On the other hand, there's a tremendous sense of celebration that, hey, I'm being evaluated because I'm valuable. Mm. And, and the job is, and the, and the boss, whatever he's going to decide is in, in terms of the consequences, it's only in my best interest so that I could really succeed at why I'm here at this company in the first place. Mm. I love really love this analogy because it, it really brings this home in such a true way. But and it takes all the parts. On the one hand, there is the serious nature of the day. Um, but in the context of this analogy, I think we can understand why it is serious. And that brings me then to my next question. I'm thinking if we're being evaluated and there is a concept of a whole month before Rosh Hashanah preparing ourselves for this day. And it makes sense. You know, a big evaluation, you want to come prepared. So what would be some tips for all of us? We're getting closer. We have less than a month, but still, what would be some tips that you would suggest of what it would be the proper way to prepare for Rosh Hashanah, especially for this evaluation part? 
Well, that's uh, that's an excellent question. You know, during the this this time before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and all the way to Simcha Torah, the af, right after Sukkot, we say a psalm, Psalm twenty-seven, and it's a strange psalm to be saying because it doesn't in any way address the question of repentance. There is no mention of sin or regret or or change. Uh, and so why, why, and there are Psalms that do address those, those, those themes. Why suddenly this Psalm? Because in this Psalm, there is a verse that is uh, a gold verse. King Solomon says, There is one ask that I've ever had, and it's all I will ever seek to request. Shifti bevet Hashem kol yemei to sit in the house of God all and every day of my life, lachzot benoam Hashem, to see, seek the pleasant, the delight of God, and levakir uh, uh, and to have opportunities to have visitations to His chamber, which are like really peak moments of peak experiences of connection to God, mm-hmm. and. Um, that really is what has to change is do we have our ultimate will clear? Like, what do we want? See, a lot of people think that their problem is they're speaking gossip. Uh, That's not your problem. That's a symptom of your problem. Some people think their problem is they're doing, you know, dirty deals. No, that's not your problem. That's a symptom of your problem. Some people think that their problem is that they are, you know, unkind and miserly towards people. But that's not your problem. That's a symptom of your problem. Your problem is that you are not living with a single focused desire to be in the presence of God, that everywhere you are, you see it as the house of God, and everything you seek is the delightness and the pleasantness of God. And your peak moments for you is really to feel an intimate connection with God, and, uh, and, and that's why all these things are going on, because I forgot what I really, really, really want. And what I really, really want is to be close to God. And to be close to God, to live in the presence of God, means that I would behave in a way that is indicative of that presence, would, which would mean I would be kind and compassionate and loving and honest and peaceful and just and that's that's what it means. Do I literally want to be in the presence of God? Because if I do, then it'll be easy to get rid of my problems that are really symptoms. But when I confuse the symptoms with the problem, the symptoms are important symptoms to get rid of, but you'll never get rid of them if you don't deal with the problem. And the problem is you don't really know what you really, really want and what you want. Is it really worth wanting? So this is definitely a time to clarify that. But I want to stir the pot a bit and ask you, what if one wants to be close to God, but still wants to do what they want to do? I feel like it's the example of, I want to lose weight and still eat my cake. I think that's a challenge of so many people that there's many people who really, in one part of us, I want to do what God wants, but there's another part of us, but I don't want to stop the things I'm doing that aren't okay. What, what can one do with that? Well, it's actually a, a contradiction. It's like, I love you, but I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. Mm. 
I would love to live in your presence, but I want to do things that you are not you you are not approval uh, approving of. <laughs> you know that that's that is uh, we're we're living in a contradiction. We are it's really idolatry in a certain way because idolatry is creating God in the image of man. I have projected on God what I want. Uh, because the idols never spoke to their subjects, you know, the subjects are, have, have conceived their idols and are projecting onto their idols their desires. So they've essentially created gods in their own image, when in mm-hmm. fact, Judaism is God creating man in his image. And, uh, and, and really, Judaism isn't about how we see God, it's how God sees us, what vision does God have for us. So, um, you know, if, if, if I were a light bulb and I wanted to come close to my, my inventor, Thomas Edison, uh, he was the inventor, right? I think, yes. you know, so then I would want to live his vision because if I don't, then I've disconnected myself from my inventor. Mm. So then that really is part of the work now is a combination of really being honest with where am I holding? Do I want to do what God wants? Is that where some that where my struggle is? I'm just not doing it. Is it more a matter of um, I want to do what I want, and that's what's getting in the way of me doing what God wants? But be honest about that, because I can't change that if I don't actually, even though it's not a pleasant thing to look at. But that that's the honest truth, and that's where I need to be working on things. But a lot of this yeah, comes you, to really being honest with ourselves. Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, if if you were a light bulb you would know that you are the embodiment of the vision of Thomas Edison to give off light. And, 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 and that would be being true to him and true to yourself because that's who you are. You're the embodiment of the vision to give light. But if you confuse yourself and say, well, I really want to go around heating the room, you're a light bulb. You're, you're, you're not a radiator. And so, uh, you're just really betraying yourself. So in Judaism, to betray the will of God is not just simply, well, I have to make a choice between being true to myself or being true to God. Being true to God is being true to yourself because you are created in the image of God and living that vision that God has for you is how you live your best game. Hmm. So ultimately, tying this back to where we started about what is the day all about, acknowledging God as our king, God is goodness, and all the attributes of goodness. And we connect to that. We want to bring more of that into the world. But ultimately, this is a day where we want to bring more of that out of ourselves. And so when I can do these two, how can I bring more of that out of myself when I am living a true life connecting to God's will? And it's really a day of reflecting of how much am I living that? Versus how much am I still needing to work towards getting the obstacles out of the way that are preventing me from living that life, that mission of being true to myself? Exactly. Hmm. Well, Rabbi, I really want to thank you because this gives a whole new perspective on what Rosh Hashanah is all about, a whole new perspective on what the work and preparation for leading up to Rosh Hashanah is about. I now definitely understand why we're given, I really, the whole year should be preparation, but a whole month to prepare for this both opportunity, but the evaluation is an opportunity. Uh, uh, it's a judgment, but a celebration. Um, so really, I think this has been, at least for myself, a transformative opportunity to understand what Rosh Hashanah is all about. And I definitely now see how really preparing for Rosh Hashanah will not just have an effect on the holiday, but will continue on into the rest of our entire year. 
I want to wish you all a meaningful, purposeful, and uplifting Rosh Hashanah. Thank you for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Shana Tovah.